Blog Talk Radio. Bengals made a wow. lot of changes in the off season from a from a coaching perspective sure. and 
some different moves and players and whatnot. So again, it was just good to 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 jump in at that point. So it wasn't like a weekly breakdown of of games, but you know, hey, here's some mm-hmm. some off season time for you to get your feet wet. So it was good. There you go. Hey, man, I'm proud of you. And um, I'm seriously, I'm not trolling you. I'm proud of you. And uh, no, I, mean, I you know, know. I know. I appreciate it. You check it in. Yeah, no worries. I'll definitely be checking just just the site out even more. That's lockedonbingles.com. All right. Enough for the good. Let's go back to the down like <laughs> that. The two twenty seventeen Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, you guys. Wow. What? I mean, I mean, first of all, you guys had a rash of injuries. Okay. Yeah. Your offensive line couldn't protect me. I mean, I'm sorry. The, the, that that offensive line was so bad that myself, you, and our seventy seven year old fathers. Because it had sacks <laughs> against Andy Dalton. Okay. That might be true. That might be true. <laughs> so, we, yeah. exactly. So, that means, oh, yep. And so, that means that, so, that meant that the running game couldn't get off, and which meant right. that Andy Dalton couldn't get off, and which also right. meant that A.J. Green couldn't be A.J. Green. And we all remember right. that beatdown brawl that, uh, you know, A.J. Green, speaking of which, went all WrestleMania on Jalen Ramsey. By the way, hey, he couldn't take it no more, man. He just, he just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> he couldn't take it anymore. I mean, that's what happens. Like, when, like that's how you know I how bad the season more. was. When, when, when a good guy like AJ Green just completely loses his mind, and for no, I mean, like, I'm sure players have talked more crap to him than Jalen Ramsey mm-hmm. did. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's known as a talker, right. for sure. But I'm sure that they're mm-hmm. – I mean, heck, we play, your, we play your Pittsburgh Steelers twice a year every year. I am sure that there are people who talk way more crap to A.J. Green than what Jalen Ramsey did in that game. But right sure. before sure. that fight happened, uh, A.J. Green had beat Jalen Ramsey down the sideline for what should have been probably a 60-, 70-yard touchdown, and Andy Dalton threw the ball like three or four yards out of bounds. And you could just tell, mm. like, at that moment in time – it was like, yeah, that's enough. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then Jalen just, you know, Jalen could have been like, hey, man, I heard you like mayonnaise on your sandwiches. And it was that was just too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, mayonnaise is nasty in, in his defense. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I, it's too much, man. It's too much. I can't do it. <laughs> man, I never seen anything like that in my life, man. That dude just, I mean, watch the game here last year. And uh, I just like my my mouth my expression went from a gape shot mouth a gape shot to just downright laughter. I'd never seen anything like that in my life, man. I was expecting Rick yeah. Flair to come out with with his with his heavily fedora suit and go woo. You know, I'm, I'm, I was oh, waiting absolutely. for that. I was waiting for I, like um, I waiting for like a uh, uh, what's that guy who retired from WWE that announcer. Jim Ross. I, oh, mean, yeah. I was wondering for Jim yeah, Ross to yeah, come down yeah. with his big cowboy hat. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure I mean it was it was just so it was so out of character. I mean, even the league didn't suspend him. I mean, that's how just out of character for AJ Green that particular moment was. I think I think the league even just felt sorry for him. Like, yo, man, it's it's rough. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you know what? We're not even going to suspend you, dude. Just, wow. <laughs> We're our bad. We're and sorry. Then, and you know what? I promise not to troll you, but I'm going to trade one time. Um, now, remember that Monday night game? The Monday night yeah, game. Yeah, of what? what team, 17 points or whatever we were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the pill block, hurt, crack block heard from around the world. A uh, rookie. A rookie. Uh, Took out the baddest, meanest, arguably dirtiest player in the league, and Vontez Burfitt. He cleared oh, it out, blew up in the air. Man, I was a whoa. But at the same time, you know what though? <laughs> I feel I feel sorry for Juju because you know Vontez yeah. is coming back later in the season. Oh, it's coming back. His suspension. It's coming back. He's going to be looking. Yeah, it's for coming him. back. He's going to be looking for him. Oh yeah. He's going to be looking. Yeah. He's going to be looking, if, looking for him and looking for blood. If I was if I was Juju, I am like, hey, when we write up the game plan for this week, can I just play the outside wide receiver position? Because I'm not sure I really want to roll in the middle too much. <laughs> At least not the first game. Maybe by the second game, first game, I'm good. I think I'm good. <laughs> 
You know what? I think your boys play my boys early in the year, and I think during that time. I think, we, I think it's week Vontaze six. I think it's special. so. Yeah. No, no. It's uh, Von, so Vontez is out the first four games. I think we play uh, Pittsburgh four, four week six. Okay, so he gotcha. should. Yeah, he should be back um, and have a week oh, under damn. his belt. So he should be ready to go. Oh damn! Oh damn! Yeah, yeah I'm here. Oh damn! Oops. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I love, I love football. Uh, but I will say this. Your season ended, despite it all, despite yeah. it all, your season ended on a very high note. And what higher note than to keep the team that you've owned in the division, the Baltimore Ravens, from reaching the playoffs? Joe Flacco sucks. The one point. thing I agree with, the one thing I agree with Jalen Ramsey about, Joe Flacco sucks. He does suck. And by the way, and by the way, just a sidebar here. Did I don't have? Was I the only one that found that Jalen Rams did not say anything wrong? That he did nope. not tell a lie. I, I thought. Was I that thought everything okay, he said was, was spot on accurate. Nope, it was spot on. <laughs> I knew I was the only one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, and, uh, I'm gonna get, I'm, I'm gonna get back to the thing. I promise, but I just have to say this one thing: we fans and folks in the media. Why complain about players not being authentic? Why can't you just yep. be honest? Why can't you be transparent? As soon as someone gets transparent, oh, he got a big mouth. He's cocky. I mean, sit your ass yep. down. You can't anyway. have it both ways, man. <laughs> yep. yeah, you can't have it both ways. Agreed. Okay. But, but we like to. We're fans and the media. That's what we do. Yep. Um, what? But anyway, crazy. Um, but, yeah, as a matter of fact, going back to the Baltimore game, Tyler Boyd is still running. He's still running right yeah. now. He's still running to yeah. the end zone, to the other end zone, back to the other end zone. <laughs> so, so you made you, you know, made the comment that that it, it, the season ended on a high note. I think it really truly depends mm-hmm. on your uh, perspective, right? So, sure. A couple of weeks before that, the Bengals had taken a couple of pretty punishing losses uh, to Minnesota and Chicago, and I think at that time right. there was some at least rumors, if if not more than that, of Marvin Lewis being yes. uh, done, right? And right. so, right. Um, you know, I think as as fans of the team, after 15 years of, of watching what Marvin did, and I give Marvin his props. He, he did a lot for, or has done a lot for the team, for the city, uh, for the reputation, you know, all of those things, man. And, mm-hmm. um, sure. I, I applaud him for that, but at the same time, you know, uh, there comes a time for change. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. 15 years of the same head coach of the same messages, um, the same ridiculous laughs during uh, interviews. Like it's, it's just like, all right, man, I think it's just time for something else. It's just time for something else. And so, oh, and man. so, you know, while it, while on the field and it ended on a high note, I think it was, mm-hmm every Bengals fan's worst fear, oh, crap. They beat Detroit, who was in the hunt for a playoff game. They beat Baltimore, who all they had to do was win and go to the playoffs. Mike Brown is going to see this as we are right there for winning, you know, for for getting back to where we were (laughs) and being in the playoffs. And next thing you know, a couple, two, three weeks later, it's announced Marvin signs a two-year extension. You know, yeah, there are going to be some coaching changes, but essentially, you know, we're bringing the band back together. And it was like, ah, I knew that touchdown was going to bite us in the butt. I knew it was. <laughs> you know what? As much as we both hate the Ravens, well, hate's a short word, loathe right. the Ravens, or what the hell, hate the Ravens. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I was happy as hell, to me personally, on, two, on a couple right. of first A, because I knew that, your owner, Mike Brown, would not fire Marvin Lewis, even though yeah. I had, even yep. though I was hoping against hope for your guys' sake that he wouldn't, that he would rather. And two, right. I just hate the Ravens. To, to see yeah. the shock on those Ravens fans' face, in, 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 well, well, threefold. I'll, I'll get to number three in a minute. But to see the shock on the, on the Ravens fans' faces, to see them open on, to see Terrell Suggs in shock, to see Joe Flacco with the typical Joe Flacco look like, uh, you know, to see yep. John Harbaugh, even though he's a badass of a coach, personally, um, I wouldn't right. want to fight him. Um, to see him in shock, and even more shock, 
on the sidelines in that stadium, that crappy-ass MT Bank, whatever the hell they're called, stadium, just quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was beautiful to me. That, that was a thing of beauty. I, I, I'm going I'm to come out and say that was a thing of beauty. And number three, for the first time in a generation, the Buffalo Bills, as a result, made a playoff. So that was, it was a beautiful yeah. Sunday on three different fronts for me personally. Yeah. Again, you know, I, 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 I do dislike the Ravens. I'm with you there. I do think the stadium is crap. And uh, <laughs> I, did feel good. I did feel good about the Buffalo Bills or for the Buffalo Bills. But, again, at the same right. time, like, I think it was that it was that initial, like, yes, we were, yes. And then it was like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> ah, damn it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so, and you know what, man? I don't, I don't remember if I told you this. I'm sure I did. And other Bengals fans, I know too many of y'all, but um, when, remember that press conference that wasn't a press conference shortly after that game where no yep. one said anything about yep. Marvin Lewis's job status? I just turned to somebody and said, they're bringing his ass back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some yep. told me they're going to bring it I didn't have to, I didn't have to hear the press conference, man. I'm telling you. when I, So I went to the Detroit game. I was like, okay, uh-huh. cool. It's, it's nice that they won, but they'll probably end up losing to Baltimore because it's in Baltimore. Baltimore needs to win. We don't. All right, cool. And when they messed around mm-hmm. and Tyler Boyd caught that touchdown, I was like, Marvin Lewis is coming back. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> like right now. I didn't you know even see the press conference. Right now. You're like, you're like, oh, damn it. You know what's going to happen. Yep. <laughs> you already knew. You already knew, bro. You you and many Bengals fans already knew. I can I tell you that for a fact. But you know what? I saw, a, I saw a meme that said, find you somebody who loves you the way Mike Brown loves Marvin Lewis. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I don't think it's possible, Doc. You're right. I was like, we're both married with kids, and I don't think that's possible. <laughs> Dude, let's talk about what happened this year. Okay, we already wrapped up last season, and, you know, we got the draft. You know, you, get, you took Billy Price out of Ohio State. Much needed guy to anchor the offensive line because, again, the offensive line was porous last year. It took my boy Jesse Bates the third out of Wake Forest from ACC love. Um, yeah. And you took another Ohio State guy with the first year two third-round picks. So, essentially, yeah, you're boasting your, both sides of the line. And uh, and one last thing, you took, um, as far as the seventh round, like you took a guy from Toledo, some action represent, Logan Woodside to back up Andy Dawson. So, basically um, – what were your thoughts on the draft to start with? Not you don't you don't have to go through every pick per se, but sure, sure. Billy Price pick in the first round. What what were your thoughts on the overall thoughts on the draft? So let me back up one pick just before that, right? Okay. So <clears throat> I am cheering pretty hard at this point in time because my number one center <clears throat> on the board was Frank Ragnow, and right. Um, I really, really, really wanted Ragnow. And as I'm watching the picks fall and fall and fall and fall, and I'm like, oh, crap, I think we're going to get him. I think we're going to get him. I think we're going to get him. And then the pick right before us was the Detroit Lions. I'm like, they don't need a center. This is perfect. We got Frank Ragnow. Cool. Wrap it up, B. It's, it's a wrap. Let's make it happen, right? I'm like, I'm like toasting cats uh, in the bowling alley, drinking <laughs> beers. Like, yes, this is great. And then next thing I know, turn around and be like, uh, yeah, with this pick, the Detroit Lions select Frank Ragnow, center, Arkansas. I think I threw my beer across the road. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> is that payback? That, that, man, I just wasn't happy, right? So, it took yeah. me a minute, admittedly, to warm up to the Billy Price pick. Um, and yeah. not that Billy Price is a bad player, because he's not. Uh, but I, I thought he was a clear number two to Frank. And so, um, but after I kind of shook off the cobwebs a little bit, um, I think it's a, I think it's a solid pick. I think, you know, this will be a guy who, while he may not be a 
for your reference, a Dermani Dawson type of, of, of dude. Uh, he will mm-hmm. be a solid center in this league, probably, you know, eight to 10 years, you know, barring, barring any sort of crazy injury, but you know, he'll be, right. he'll be a solid center in this league, probably somewhere B minus C plus ish, uh, you know, solid B somewhere in that, in that general vicinity uh, for the next 10 years. And I think given the center play of at least the last four years with Russell Bodine, it, that's a gigantic upgrade to the middle of that offense. Um, as many times mm, as I yeah. watched uh, Russell Bodine get walked into either Andy Dalton or Joe Mixon or Giovanni Bernard or Jeremy Hill, um, you know, watching plays that could have gone for big yardage get stopped in the backfield for, you know, negative uh, two yards, it's, it's sure. refreshing, you know, to to have the hope that the the center position is not only, you know, not a negative, but something that can impact the game in a, from a positive fashion. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, I thought I thought the Bengals pulled a very non-Bengal move um, by previous to the draft training for Cordy Glenn. Um, so, you know, basically with the, I think they had at the time, I want to say like, uh, see the, was it the ninth overall or 12th overall? Maybe the 12th overall pick in the draft, they basically turned that into a starting left tackle and a starting center. That, that's pretty good. Right. Yes. So, right. Um, and if you're moving, you know, beyond that, you look at a guy like, like Jesse Bates, uh, one of the knocks on the Bengals uh, secondary is that their safeties just aren't very, they're not ball hawking. So once we lost Reggie Nelson a few years ago to the Raiders, um, we kind of lost that ball hawking piece to uh the secondary at least at least from a safety perspective um i think iloka and williams do a great job but they're just not those dudes who who get their hands up and you know uh make catches and and uh, are are dangerous on the back end of that uh on the back end of that defense and i think that's ultimately what uh the Bengals are looking for jesse base to be um and then you know, you look at you look at a cat like Sam Hubbard, who uh, he has made a pretty big impact here at the uh, start of this season from OTAs and through training camp. Uh, he's been mm-hmm. he's been at least as advertised, if not better, and probably somebody who contributes pretty early um, on that on that defensive line rotation, um, which is which is key because you know Marvin Lewis is one of those guys who likes to stash rookies for a year, two years, seven years, you know, whatever. Um, right. But I think, I think uh, having a rookie who can come in and make an impact like Sam Hubbard um, is, is key to, to the success of this team and keeping everybody fresh uh, down the stretch. Right. And then <clears throat> as you talked about looking at a guy like uh, Malik Jefferson, who was the, um, the uh, linebacker out of Texas, um, mm-hmm. some elite freaking skills. Uh, I think he's a little bit behind the eight ball as far as picking up the defense and being in the right spots and things like that. But, um, you know, he's basically our fourth or fifth best linebacker at this point anyway. So he's got some time to kind of, kind of pick things up. Uh, later on in the draft, you know, you picked up a couple of cornerbacks, one of which has some dynamic returning uh, abilities. You picked up a running back in Mark Walton out of Miami of Florida. Um, and then here, boy, uh, Logan Woodside, who before he could even get in an NFL training camp, decided to drink too much and drive a car and get a DUI. So, you know, he was an awesome pickup <laughs> for Toledo. Uh, <laughs> but I think in general – um, I probably would have liked a little more help on the offensive line, just given sure. the um, issues that there were last year. But, uh, you know, I, I say they hit pretty big on round one, decently big on round two, uh, big again at the beginning of at least round three. And then uh, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a there's a dude in the center of the round who's a sleeper guy by the name of Auden Tate, number 19, just keep yeah. your eye out for him. I watched him a lot of that dude is a, Yeah, That dude is nasty. Yes, yes. And you know what else? I like your fourth-round pick, Mark Walton, out of Miami, out of the U. 
Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that depth. I mean, that's needed depth right there. You guys got hit hard last year. Um, well, the, and you look at it from the standpoint back. of you look at it from the standpoint of you know Joe Mixon or Geo goes down. Mm-hmm. You need somebody to to, to pick up that that uh, mm-hmm. that slack, and I think he's a dude who can do that. Yeah, he 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 is that dude. Speaking of Joe Mixon, I was going to bring him up. He he showed some flashes last year. I know a lot of people hated on him when he got drafted what the second round last year. Um, yes, sir. He has some flashes. He's, he's patting his game. It's obviously he he made another. He's patting his game uh, off of uh, Le'Veon Bell. Um, yep. I see this this brother. This young brother is very talented. I think something tells me he's going to have a good season. I don't know if I call it a breakup, but I think he'll have a better season than he did last year. I ain't got the rookie wall out of the system, so to speak. What are your what are your expectations for um, for Mixon in year two? I see big things for Mixon in year two. Um, Mostly mm-hmm. because one, Jeremy Hill is out of the way, so whatever right. whatever they were messing around with Jeremy Hill last year, um, <clears throat> and trying to put him in situations that it, it was just stupid. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what they were doing, but um, one, you're going to have an improved, or you should have an improved offensive line. Two, there right. are some weapons on the outside. Um, you know, in addition are. to AJ Green that are going to open up right. running lanes for, for the running game. And don't discount the fact that, you know, uh, Geo and Mixon, but uh, Mixon especially, um, can catch the ball out of the backfield. And I think if you watch that yes. first preseason game, it was something that I was waiting for all of last year is, man, these guys have hands like wide receivers. Why are we not throwing passes to them and to watch, uh, you know, Joe Mixon in space, 24-yard touchdown, making two dudes, you know, look absolutely foolish, you know, doing some crazy spin move and then keeping himself on balance and then waltzing in the end zone like it was no big deal. Like, where was that last year? And I think, you know, the offensive coordinator having time to review some film, having time to go back and kind of reset things and be like, yeah, why didn't we throw the ball to these dudes? Uh, I think that's an added dynamic that um, maybe not – that was not – exploited last year the way it should have been. And to your point, you know, you have a weapon, you know, A.J. Green, Brandon LaFell, he's not half bad as well. It's how, it's how E for effort or whatever the hell you pronounce the last name. Is he healthy? Is he Eifert. going to play a full season? Eifert, yeah. Is he going to play a full season? Um, he's my guess will be no. I mean, look, history says no, right? <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I will say, I will say this. Uh, the Bengals are taking a very deliberate approach with Eifert this year. Um, I think before he kind of got hurt and they tried to get him back in there and, you know, you're, you're good to go and whatever. But I mean, he's right now, he's practicing like every other day, which, and it's completely intentional. So it's not due to injury. It's not due to a setback or anything like that. He started the season on pup intentionally. He got worked in maybe about the third or fourth, maybe fifth practice. That was intentional. He practices every other day. Um, you know, they held him out of the first game. If I had to take a stab at it, my guess is he probably plays at least a little bit the third game, um, kind of that dress rehearsal game. Um, if I am the Bengals, I use him, you know, 20 yards and in, so you're, you know, red zone threat, that type of deal. Uh, he probably does zero blocking. He's probably split out, you know, either in the slot or just off the line, out wide, like whatever it takes so that you minimize at least the potential for contact um, and try to manage manage that piece, manage that health piece for him probably more than they've ever tried in his entire time of being here. So my guess is he's healthier than what he's been the last couple seasons, but do I see him playing 16 games? I, it, that's almost impossible for me to say just given the track record. Nice, nice. So we'll get you out on here, but again, this is Andre Edwards. Please check him out on LockedOnBengals.com. Uh, looking at the regular season, 2018 regular season, we're going to quickly, and I do mean quickly, move through the schedule and pick out, we'll both pick out what we think are the wins and losses and tabulate both at the end. You ready to go? Right. Let's do this. Ready. All right. Yeah. Win. Regular season, game one at win. Indianapolis. That's win. Win. If you That's guys lose to Andrew Luck and his new arm, 
and shorter. I mean, not I, even. I swear I'm to God. more so looking at that defense, man. Like I read some. On, I read on Twitter, and I don't know you said this would be quick, but I was real quick. I read on Twitter like sure, sure, something was like that. The Indianapolis Colts have a long way in order to be a bad defense. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if so, we can't if we can't light up even if even if it's a shootout. Like if we can't beat Andrew Light, it's, yeah. gonna, it's just gonna be a long season. So anyway, yeah, I go win <laughs> first game. All right, so you're home against the Ravens. That should be a win. You guys own the Ravens. That should be a win. That should be the a Ravens win. are trash. Now, what's going to be interesting is on my the following week is on my birthday. You play the, the, the a team from the state of my youth, the Carolina Panthers. How is so difficult with that of the schedule? But anyway, I don't I don't know about that, brother. I, I think Ooh. I think I think Cam's going to be playing pissed off this year. I think that defense is going to be pissed off. The Panthers defense and yeah, I, I see it now. Yeah, I, I see it now. I agree. In the future. I agree. And the following week, you go to Atlanta to play the Falcons in the that's AFC South. That's an L. I don't know. That's an L. That's, that's an L. No, that's okay. So that's, so that's I love my Bengals. That's an L. Yeah, that's an L. So that's two and two. You you guys are yeah. home against the Dolphins. That should be a win. That's three and two. That's a dub. Then yep. the return of. Montez Burford, actually, he would he would have had a game under his belt before this game against the yeah, Steelers yeah. at home. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> at, wait, at the Bengals' home or your home? At your place. Who's at home, me or you? The... Oh, you yeah, it's a loss. It don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's a loss. That's a loss, yeah. <laughs> so you come up with something. So that's three and three. Hey. You guys yeah. go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. I know they're bringing the rookie quarterback, well, second-year quarterback, and Patrick Mahomey, but – yeah, Arrowhead's a fast place to play, brother. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I mean, I think the Bengals fairly can, can do fairly well. I mean, I think they can sneak out a win there. I, it'll be a it'll be a win oh. that they need, being that three and three. So I honestly, I think they can go in and and pull out a uh, pull out a win there. I got them at four and three at this point. Okay, so you guys are home against the Bucks, Tampa Bay, the following week. That should be a win. That's five and three. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Agreed. Do you guys get the New Orleans Saints? Saying next year uh, that we had this conversation, that I won't, 
I won't pick a Browns win, but I think at this point in time, I still think the Bengals are the better team, and they will win both of those games this year. So that'll be that'll be uh, what nine and five. So yeah. nine and five headed to the last. And then we lost the pick at our place. Well, and yeah. so look, so this game, no, no, no. So look, this game depends. Where is Pittsburgh, right? So if Pittsburgh sitting right. at hypothetically 12 and 4, 13, you know, looking at a 12 and 4, 13 and 3 type of season where does it right. matter if they play? Are they playing for seed? Are they playing for the number 1? Are they playing for a 2? Are they playing for a 3? Like it all kind of depends on on what Pittsburgh is playing for. Um I do right. believe I, I think on paper the Bengals are as talented as Pittsburgh is. I think mentally the Pittsburgh is just much more mentally tough than the Bengals are at this point in time. So I mean, if if Pittsburgh is playing for something and really needs that win, I think Pittsburgh wins the game. I think if they mm-hmm. don't have anything to play for and, you know, it is kind of is what it is and, you know, Roethlisberger ain't playing and whatever, all right, fine, then, yeah, we absolutely win. It's, it's a cakewalk and, you know, we go on about our business. But um, So let's just hypothetically say that you boys are playing for something and, you know, you, y'all need that win, then I'm, we're probably 9-6. And then right about where I thought. So uh, the the toss-up between 9-7 and seven and 10-6 and six in my head is that second Ravens game. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so I mean, honest, and, I, and I feel, I feel yeah, yeah. I feel pretty confident in 9-7 in and seven if the ball bounces the right way, 10-6. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. There you go. So, uh, yeah, but something tells me, even if we set our starters, um, to your point, if say like the Patriots, the other day, like because we saw our starters last year against the Browns, even though technically, theoretically, the Patriots needed one more win, but they were playing Buffalo. Or what they, no, they were playing the Jets at home, and they we all right. probably knew that the Jets that the Patriots were going to win. So they're like, ah, screw it, let's just keep our guys healthy and fresh. So, right. so there you go. So, either way, it's going to be a turnaround. I think you guys, as long as the offensive line comes together, as long as the offensive line comes together and does a decent, halfway decent job of protecting Andy Dalton, open up running lanes for Joe Mixon and the crew, I think you guys would be a lot better than you were last year. That, that, that's just me. I agree. I agree. Uh, that's just me. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, man, I hope to do this again during the season. I'm sure I'll be hollering at you during the season, but please, uh, check this brother out, Andre Edwards on like on bingos dot com. Thank you for, very much, bro. I'll be in touch. Yes, sir. Oh six. All right. Peace out. Oh six. So that's my guy and part brother Andre Edwards. Again, please check him out on um, on on uh, what's uh, locked on bingos dot com. But anyway, we've done the bingos now. Hail to the Redskins. I'm not a fan, but I like that song. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my like, uh, like my partner in crime is gonna help me preview his beloved Redskins. Y'all know him from Yard slash HCU Sports. We rest about all things HCU Sports as well as Sleazy Radio, Blog Talk Radio on a weekly basis. Megan every time. Dwayne Ash. D. What's happening? It's it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. Right a go beat the steps. Yeah, what's going on, Scott? Oh, it's good to holler at you again. It's good, it's good to grab, it's good to grab you, man. It's been a while. Um, hey, yo, I, you know, I, I wish I would have, I wish I could have had some pleasure to talk about a little bit because I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I know we talk about last year's squad, but see, your mm-hmm. boy Juice go down, man. The Juice from LSU hey. go down in the first preseason game. That hurt me, man. That My thing is it. this, which I'm gonna give you two sides of this coin, right? I'm gonna give oh. you the 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 Jay Gruden analysis of what happened, and then I'm gonna give you the D Nash analysis of what happened, right? So mm-hmm. Monday, Jay Gruden <laughs> comes out and says, I don't know what all the fuss is about because he was a he was a sixth on the death chart anyway. Right. I'm comfortable with the running backs that we have. The only reason why we drafted him was because he was the best running back 
available. That those are the words of Jay Gruden. Now, if you're asking D Dash, these bamas is wildin'. Dan Trice was the most talked about thing in D.C. this summer, not named the Washington Capitals uh, or uh, Ovechkin. I swear, everyone was looking forward to Darius Geis hitting the field, and when he did get on the field with the first, well, not all of the first-team players, but he was getting first-team reps. He was looking good up until the injury. But my thing is, you know, play from other positions. Not only do I think that the the, the play has, has gotten a little bit more competitive, the other positions have gotten deeper as well. So you still take this, this running game that they have with the other running backs that they have. Once again, if they can stay healthy, along with the other positions that we have, you got to remember this same team without a running game, and, and with a patchwork offensive line went seven and nine last year with a different quarterback. I know. But I know. You know, you get a little bit better at certain spots. I'm not saying that this team's going to be world beaters. I'm just saying, saying that the Darius Geis loss is a huge loss. I just thought that he would have been a, a great addition to this offense and probably would have been. That, that player that pushed this, this organization a step further. And that's what was so heartbreaking. I mean, I mean I've been watching this cat in college. I mean, mm-hmm. with, 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 with a team with no quarterback at LSU, nine quarterback having themselves, guys still got his thing going. And it's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's just too bad. I mean, he fell to the second round for some reason. I mean, many people are yeah. why, but nonetheless. And he was just, to your point, he was tearing it up in camp. I was keeping touch from afar, man. And he was he was, look, he was looking great in that preseason game against the Patriots. And then, you know, crap happens, and here we are. Yeah, um, exactly. It, it, it is what it is, to your point. And given the fact that you guys, like you, you hit on it, uh, on it earlier, man, passport offensive line, no one again to speak of whatsoever. Kirk Cousins still – did his thing to the best of the way that, uh, that he could, but it led to a nine. All of that is still, you know, and came up nine and seven. It's a little short, despite all those setbacks. And, of course, you all knew, knew what happened in the offseason. Cook Cousins signed mm-hmm. a fully guaranteed contract. Good for him. Fully guaranteed. <laughs> with, with, with the Minnesota Vikings, and you guys traded for uh, 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 um, uh, uh, Alex Smith. Alex Smith, which, yeah. you know, kind of like a wash, but, you know, he's still, he's not scrub. And hopefully you guys get the semblance of an of a, of a offensive line back, and which, you know, which made the uh, guy's injury even more hurtful, but no, no pun intended, because it, it, it seems like you guys had a decent running game in the makers of a decent running game. But nevertheless, I'm looking at your draft. What do you think – and you don't have to hit on every pick, but given like you guys drafted Deron Payne out of Alabama, the first pick at the, at, uh, in the first round, well, not first, but your, but your first uh, pick, and you know you guys got like that kid Christian Deron Christian out of Louisville, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and whatnot, um, and another inside linebacker from Alabama in the sixth round. Um, what are your thoughts? What is your overall impression of this past year's draft for your beloved Redskins? Well, um, Via Vea, of course, is the guy that everyone was pining over. Um, it's been said numerous times within the city that for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just Skins fans or if it's football fans, we love guys with alliteration names or cute, fancy names. You know, to play for yeah. us, and Vita Vita yeah. just fits that mold. And, you know, it also doesn't help that he play, he's 350 and plays no, ta- no tackle and is extremely agile. It would have been mm. a huge fit for us. But, right. hey, you don't go wrong by drafting a guy that plays Alabama defense. And, and bringing in DeRon Payne, who plays, played alongside uh, Jonathan Allen two years ago in Alabama, hey, I'm not disappointed at all in that. 
Um, Dice, like you said, was our second-round pick. Um, once again, we traded down and still got Geist. Um And added another draft pick uh, to that after trading away that third-round pick and, and, and fuller to uh, Kansas City for uh, Alex Smith, which is something that I thought was uh, a, a, a ski mask move by the skins for an offense. Mm. I'm still trying to understand how they were able to pull that off. That was a fantastic move. Now, the, the one guy, actually the two guys, a lot of people have been talking about all training camp, have been picks that have been later on in the draft. Actually, uh, two guys in this draft and then one guy in the supplemental draft. So you had 10 mm. come out of Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech, the, uh, the nose tackle who's been getting a lot of play and everyone likes his play and he actually looked extremely well in the new in the New England uh preseason game. Other guys received uh Quinn out of SMU, he was um our seventh round mm-hmm. kick. Uh, a lot of guys love yeah. him because he's able to return kicks and he's a part a potential slot guy as well that will potentially be uh backing up uh, uh Jordan well, not Jordan but they call him Jordan Crowder. Uh, uh, Jamison Crowder. So mm-hmm. that's uh, another position of need and another player of death, death that we will have uh, within our offense. Now, the, the other guy is the guy that we just picked up in the uh, supplemental draft, which is that corner out of Virginia Tech, Adonis Alexander. Yeah, He, he was a guy who um, – I, I forget what his situation was with, with Virginia Tech this past spring – but he became available. Skins picked him up in the sixth round in the supplemental draft of this past year, and he is fitting in fantastically with the other mm. young guys that we've uh, picked up in this draft. Uh, and Greg Strowman, an undrafted free agent out of Southern, Danny Johnson. A lot of people have been talking about Danny Johnson and his play throughout the entire training camp. It's funny. Nice. Jay Gruden Jay said, I did not expect – who would have expected Danny Johnson to play this well? I yelled out me because, you know, he's a big mm. corner, 6'1", 210. Yeah, he plays in the swag, but he has that, that frame to play corner in the NFL, and he seems to be doing extremely well. Matter of fact, because of the play of the young guys, the skins ended up cutting Orlando Skandrick uh, on Monday. Mm. So the, the, mm. the, the, the rookies, the one thing – Outside of an improved run game that I was hoping for, it's something that has slowly started to come in the past, which is young depth for this team. This is a team mm-hmm. where historically over the past 20 years have gone for flash over substance and have been picking up expensive free agents over drafting young players and developing them and keeping them in-house. Now, ever since right. we um, – when we brought in Scott McLuhan a couple of years ago, now his picks all may not have hit, but it was something about his process of bringing in young talent and having them work out for the organization and keeping them in and having them try out mm-hmm. is something that stuck once they let him go unceremoniously. And it's starting to bear fruit now with Jonathan Allen, with uh, 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 Anthony Lanier, the other defensive lineman, by picking up uh, 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 Tim Settles, uh, by converting uh, uh, Quentin Dunbar, the uh, the one-time receiver, into a, a cornerback. So you, you have a lot of young guys, Cabri uh, Bears, that they picked up as playing running back behind uh, 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 P. Ryan and, 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 and Fat Rob. So you just have a lot of youth in this organization now now it's time to let these guys develop, and that's the thing that excites me more, actually more so than, than bringing in guys. Now, when guys comes back next year, that'll be a fantastic addition, but I like this young youth that they have right now. You got me hyped, man. You got me hyped. You, you know how to sell it. You know how to sell it, and you, you, you don't wear rose-colored glass over there. You study it. You live it. You breathe it. You watch them through and through. You got me hyped, man. You got me hyped. That's what the fanatics do. So let's, let's, That's let's, what a real fanatic let's, 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 does. The fanatic tells you on the stuff 
that you didn't, on, on, the, on the bells and whistles, you didn't even think came with the product. That's what a great fanatic does. <laughs> it's easy right. to talk Alex right. Smith. It's, you know, it's easy to talk Josh uh, Norman. It's easy to talk those guys. It's easy to talk Ryan Kerrigan. No, let me sell you there on you the books. Let me sell you there on you the books. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Get this man a job, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of which, let's get let's get speaking of young guys still projecting the season translated on their success. Let's get to the regular season, shall we? We're gonna do what we're gonna do every year, brother. We're gonna go through week by week. We're gonna predict win or loss, and we're gonna tabulate that at the end. You ready? I'm ready. All right, cool. All right, for game one at Arizona, that should be a win. That definitely should, should be, be a win. I, I know what happened last year in the situation, same situation, against a, a depleted <clears throat> Arizona Cardinal team. They went out west and lost. But I think the changes this year. They get a dub in that one. Yeah, I do too. So you week two, you're home against the Colts. Andrew, looking that noodle arm of his, that should be a win. Dub, dub. Yeah. Give me that dub. Oh, so that's 2-0. and oh. That's 2-0. and oh. Yeah. Next, the following week, you're home against the Packers. Aaron Rodgers comes to town. You know what? This is a situation where between weeks three, five, and six, those games are Green Bay at home, at New Orleans, and the Panthers at home. Three questionable games, but I have a feeling that the skin steals one of those. I don't know which one is going to be, but the one that I know it it most definitely won't be will be uh, New Orleans at that 8.30 spot because the Skins just don't play well the prime time. So you either have to go the, the Green Bay game or the Carolina game. You choose. I don't care. I'll take one of those two. <laughs> I say thank you. And at that point, we will be three and two. How about this? How about this as a compromise? You get the L right. against the Packers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, um, Well, yeah, you get the L against the Packers. It's because of Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh-huh. We already talked about New Orleans. You guys will be uh-huh. Carolina at home. You guys, I think you guys will get it over on Cam Newton. So that would be you know three. I'll take and that two. It'll be three and two because I would take that because if the skins go three and zero, oh, the city's going to go insane and there's going to be Super Bowl talk. Uh, I know. So I need some reality. <laughs> I'll take that two and two and that win against Carolina. I'll take it. There you go. And speaking of big, big, big games. The next, the following week, you're home against those damn Cowboys. And that, yeah. that Prescott and his, uh, and his sucking, <laughs> the second place stuff. I know I saw that rude uh, mural, which was clever, but that was kind of rude. And if, if, Zeke, if Zeke or Ailey had to get his ass suspended again, uh, that would be a tough out for you guys. So what are you thinking? You know what? Orlando Skandrick said it a couple of weeks ago. He says that the players don't see this as a rivalry, but, of course, the fans still do. Um, but for whatever reason, both teams still tend to get up for this game. Um, and this seems like a situation, even after their first four games, which are extremely hard in Dallas, um, I think they come to D.C., unfortunately, and they steal one in my birthday month, which I'm not going to like at all. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. God bless you. Ah, yeah. It won't be that day, would it? It won't be that day, will it? The, your actual birthday. It won't oh, be that God, day. No. I would. I'd lose my mind on that one. <laughs> I'd, I'd lose it. About to say. So that's like what three and three at this point. Okay, the three following three. guys go to the Giants. Now the Giants on paper is much as vastly improved on paper. On yeah. field, I don't know. I don't know if uh, if Odell would try to kick the ass of a uh, another like. Still go net, or the net will get him first. I don't know how Saquon will translate. I don't know if, if, if Eli will be upright. Lots of question marks for the Giants. It will be at uh, at MetLife Stadium. What you thinking? I would say in recent years, the Skins have stolen this one, and the Giants always tend to find a way to beat us here, even though it was reversed last season. But I'll go with the, the mm-hmm. recent norm. I say that Washington takes this one in New York. Okay, so that would leave you guys at four and three. So you're home 
against the Falcons. Outdoors, it'll be cold, it'll be nasty, it'll be November, first weekend of November. It's going to be tricky, but I like the elements. And, you know, the Falcons don't play well in cold weather. They'll dome team, the Southern Dome team at that. It wouldn't be surprised if your boys got the win and go to five and three, I think. Well, it's not that cold yet. And I'm going to give you an insider. Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, 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 Insight. Uh, when they say uh, don't step on the crack, break your mama's back, what's that called? That's, uh, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> what, superstition or some shit like that? Superstition. I yes. I got a superstition for you. All right. Okay. That's that's A&T homecoming weekend. I know right. we don't get a chance to watch that full game. Matter of fact, that game is going to be held at 1 p.m., which means that I won't be able to watch that game like I normally would. Well, on A&T mm. homecoming weekend, I'm normally on the road. So, in recent years, A&T has won that game. And that game has usually been a home game. Same thing in this situation. Right. A team that you would think, matter of fact, the infamous I like that game was a Sunday after an A&T homecoming. <laughs> and a game that I didn't watch until the final drive. So, I'm just going off that. I got that's gonna be my. I like that junior. I'm taking uh, I'm taking Washington in that one. They should go to Tampa, beat Tampa. The right. Houston game, I'm concerned about. Right. Right. At this point, JJ may or may not be there. You know, uh, Watson, Watson should be healthy. Hopefully, if if JJ is there. I think Houston may take this one. If not, I think Washington could steal this one. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give this one actually to Houston. Okay, so that will bring you all to six and four. Is that correct? I think six and four. Yes, six yes. and four. Let's call it six and four. So you're on the road against Dallas for Thanksgiving. It's really a Thanksgiving Day matchup. I think at, Dallas gets this, this one. At Dallas. Oh yeah, God! I guess I I'll get this one to Dallas. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Unfortunately, I know it hurts you. It hurts you to get swept by Dallas. Uh, it hurts me a lot. Bring y'all to. Yeah, hurt me too. It'll, it'll sort of bring y'all what six and five, I think. So, yeah. you're on the road against Philly. I think that's a Monday night game. Uh, that's a Monday night game. That's an L for us. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's uh, six and six for you guys. Then you're back uh-huh. at home against the Giants. That that should be a win. That's seventy six. Then you got the road to Jacksonville. How do you feel about the road game against Jacksonville? Or Jacksonville. You know what this, this Jacksonville <clears throat> game will be interesting. This is a, a steerable game for Washington. The way that that Jacksonville defense, if they can show up like they did last year, this should be a win for Jacksonville. I, I just think that it is. Mm. The only concern that I have for Jacksonville is their offense. How will what Blake Bowers right. will be playing that game if he's not if he's not capable of passing the ball around? It's going to be problematic for them. But I think Jacksonville wins this one. You know what? Jacksonville is like Seattle Seahawks two point Great defense, the tough up front, they can cover the asses off and they can gouge you to death with the running game. Leonard Fournette is a stud, and their offensive line is better. And uh, mm-hmm. soon as they, you knew it was going to be special as soon as they brought back uh, Tom Coughlin to run the show up in the front office. He's making those boys tough. And, and, the, and the coach, uh, Maloney, is making them tough as well. And they're building their ends from the inside out, old school way. And uh, they're not going to get caught up with those fancy passing stats and everything else. They're going to grind you out. They're going to pound you to death. They're going to punk you. And so you got to like the Jaguars team. So, and, of course, Jalen Ramsey, that secondary, money. So I got Jacksonville winning yeah. that game at home. The following week, you guys are going to Nashville. They're on the south. Yeah. They're in Nashville. They play the Titans, who should be very, very vastly improved this season. It's going to be mm-hmm. an interesting season in the AFC South. 
But what are your thoughts of playing the Titans in uh, in Nashville? Once again, you know their defense is is, is a pretty good defense. Um, <clears throat> which Marcus Mariota are we going to get? You know what I'm saying? True. We've seen him in spots last year where he struggled, and then we've seen him last year in spots where he's thrived. I think Washington comes out there and they steal this one in in in, uh, in Cashville, and they come on back home yep. to Philadelphia. Not to Philadelphia, come on back home to DC to, to face Philadelphia at the end of the year. Now mm-hmm. this is going to sound weird, right? Right. I truly believe that Let Philadelphia ends the season. Ten and six, right? Mm. But mm. even with them finishing ten and six, they still win the East. Ten wins at this point of the season, they have already clinched the division, and they're probably trying to rest players. If that is the case, right? Washington is still fighting for a playoff spot, and they beat Philadelphia in in week seventeen. Mm. You go to nine and seven. I'll say this. As far as as far as uh, uh, um, interpersonal relationships with certain and like, certain division rivals, you guys mm-hmm. have a really heated rivalry with, with, with Dallas. We all know that. There's yeah. a pretty much a big rivalry with the Giants. We we've known that. Mm-hmm. One thing that's fascinating when I was living in the DC area for three years, from 2012 to 2015, is that the fans of both the the fan y'all fans really hate Philadelphia. Yeah. I don't know if it's because you're the closest to the to that's the city that you're for, for the, by, by far the closest to in terms of travel mm-hmm. distance. They travel well, y'all travel well um, for like both y'all road games, respective road games. But from what I was told, Redskins fans hate Philadelphia, hate yeah. them. Uh-huh. They just can't stand uh-huh. them. So what I said I wanted to say this: even if Philly. Theoretically, clinch a playoff spot at ten and five the week before. Mm-hmm. There's something about playing that rivalry, that rivalry game, is that they know that y'all have a lot more riding at that point than they do, right? Mm-hmm. Something yeah. tells me that they want to just say, you know what? We hate those guys. They hate us. Our fans hate each other. Let's just go balls out. That's something. That something tells me that. Because even the backup quarterback, the backup quarterback, Phillips backup quarterback, won the Super Bowl. He was a Super Bowl MVP. That's right. So, yeah. You know, the thing is, is that some tells me that even though they may not play Carson Wentz, they may not play some of the starters on the skill position on offense, they're going to try and come after y'all. They're going to try and bring it. And I'm sure you guys are going to try and bring it. So it's going to be mm-hmm. very interesting. Given that scenario, was how Week 17 will unfold. But let's just say for the sake of argument that, again, back of quarterback, Brandon Subor MVP, if that's, if, that, if that's even odd, um, and they come to play. Do you think in that scenario that Washington would match Philly's intensity at home in the last game of the season? I do. you got to remember – well, this isn't the same Washington team, but a lot of these pieces, a lot of these guys were on that team two years ago that swept Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, Philadelphia swept them last year, but Washington swept them the year before. And you're right. Those games got heated, especially with, with, with Morgan Moses and, and Chip Williams in that old line. This game gets Heated, and I'm expecting it for both games this year coming up. Um, I would say the reason why um, this game is starting to slowly surpass Washington in terms of rivalry, especially with between the two cities, is because of the physicality of the two teams. And two, behind Dallas, the amount of Eagle fans that have been growing in the city for like the past 20 years with the amount of success that that team has had over the past 20 years, the amount of fans that are born here that convert to Eagle fans, for whatever reason, has been steadily growing. And, and mm. you know, you hear from the fans, too. So uh, that's why that – and, of course, closest to proximity. 
So that's why you, you see a lot of that, that, that hatred. And then, of course, don't forget the body bag game. The history between yeah. these two teams, God knows, don't forget the infamous body bag game. They'll never let you forget mm. that. Matter of fact, some of, some of our more physical games outside of Dallas has been against Philadelphia. That's right. That's right. So, so that's something interesting to watch. So one last question before I let you go, brother, and I have to harass mm-hmm. you about this every year. We both talked about this in the past. What are you going to do about that nickname? You know what, what bro? What are you going to do about that nickname? That's going to have to be a situation where the other owners in this league mm-hmm. is going to have to force the team's hand because the owner's not going to do anything. The commissioner's not going to do anything. And the way, right. unfortunately, I, I hate to have to bring this up, the way that the, the owners uh, of the teams in this league have been handling this protest situation, God knows I didn't want yeah. to talk about that today, but the way that they've been handling yeah, that lets me know that they don't even care about this name. They're not even phased about mm. the name. So, yeah, un- until the team is forced to do so, they're not going to change this name, man. It's not going to happen. Um, I'm don't don't get me wrong. I'm I call the team by its name unless I feel as though that it's going to be in a situation where someone's going to be offended. And I'm good to have the two by. And way. I choose. I'm good to have the two by. You way. know. So yeah. So you know, <laughs> out of respect, I, I will do that. I'm also a proponent of change. If the, I'm not going, to, I'm not one of these diehard fans, and not to stereotype them. I'm not one of these people who live in Western Maryland or Western Virginia that are holding mm-hmm. on to this name and wish that this name stays the same. Now, if, if you would like, you can go ahead and Google the the the, 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 the demographics of Western Maryland oh, I know and well. Western Virginia. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna let that be for your for your listeners. But I'm not going to say, exactly. I'm just saying, you, you Google that demographic, you'll see exactly what mm-hmm. I'm talking about and why they don't care about the name. But if you ask me, man, if they change the name, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yep. You know what? Again, like we both said in the past, Washington Warriors, the alliteration, you keep the Native American theme, I'm telling you, it's a win-win. I, I would love it. Would still love be on it. the war path. They'll still be in a war yes, fighting for ODC. You know? Yeah. Hey, it'd be much love. It'd be much love anyway. We're going there to dream. But anyway, hey, man, thanks a lot for, for, for joining me, man. We're going to hit it up during the season. No doubt. No diggity. All right, peace out. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash, breaking me break down his beloved Washington team. Please check him out on the yard slash HBCU Sports, where he writes about all things HBCU Sports as well as this radio every week here on Blogger Radio. Thank y'all again for tuning in. This is Scott Brooks. I'm going to come at y'all with more NFL previews, different teams next week. Check me out on Twitter for that as well at, at um, ScottyB underscore 1906. Anyway, this is Scott Brooks for Clown Hour. Thank y'all for tuning in. Have a good night. Oh, six. Peace.